Section 8 of Atlantis, The Antediluvian World by Ignatius Loyola Donnelly. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Nicholas James Bridgewater. Atlantis, The Antediluvian World by Ignatius Loyola Donnelly, Section 8. Part 2 The Deluge, Chapter 1. The Destruction of Atlantis, Described in the Deluge Legends. Having demonstrated, as we think successfully, that there is no improbability in the statement of Plato that a large island, almost a continent, existed in the past in the Atlantic Ocean, nay more that it is a geological certainty that it did exist and having further shown that it is not improbable but very possibly that it may have sunk beneath the sea in the manner described by plato we come now to the next question is the memory of this gigantic catastrophe preserved among the traditions of mankind we think there can be no doubt that an affirmative answer must be given to this question an event which in a few hours destroyed amid horrible convulsions an entire country with all its vast population that population the ancestors of the great races of both continents and they themselves the custodians of the civilization of their age could not fail to impress with terrible force the minds of men and to project its gloomy shadow over all human history and hence whether we turn to the hebrews the aryans the phoenicians the greeks the cushites or the inhabitants of america we find everywhere traditions of the deluge and we shall see that all these traditions point unmistakably to the destruction of atlantis francois lenormant says contemporary review november eighteen seventy nine the result authorizes us to affirm the story of the deluge to a universal tradition among all branches of the human race with the one exception however of the black now a recollection thus precise and concordant cannot be a myth voluntarily invented no religious or cosmogonic myth presents this character of universality it must arise from the reminiscence of a real and terrible event so powerfully impressing the imagination of the first ancestors of our race as never to have been forgotten by their descendants this cataclysm must have occurred near the first cradle of mankind and before the dispersion of the families from which the principal races were to spring for it would be at once improbable and uncritical to admit that at as many different points of the globe as we should have to assume in order to explain the widespread of these traditions 
local phenomena so exactly alike should have occurred their memory having assumed an identical form and presenting circumstances that need not necessarily have occurred to the mind in such cases let us observe however that probably the diluvian tradition is not primitive but imported in america that it undoubtedly wears the aspect of an importation among the rare populations of the yellow race where it is found and lastly that it is doubtful among the polynesians of oceania there will still remain three great races to which it is undoubtedly peculiar who have not borrowed it from each other but among whom the tradition is primitive and goes back to the most ancient times and these three races are precisely the only ones of which the bible speaks as being descended from noah those of which it gives the ethnic filiation in the tenth chapter of genesis this observation which i hold to be undeniable attaches a singularly historic and exact value to the tradition as recorded by the sacred book even if on the other hand it may lead to giving it a more limited geographical and ethnological significance but as the case now stands we do not hesitate to declare that far from being a myth the biblical deluge is a real and historical fact having to say the least left its impress on the ancestors of three races aryan or indo-european semitic or syro-arabian hamitic or cushite that is to say on the three great civilized races of the ancient world those which constitute the higher humanity before the ancestors of those races had as yet separated and in the part of asia they together inhabited such profound scholars and sincere christians as m schwobel paris eighteen fifty eight and m omelius d'aloy brussels eighteen sixty six deny the universality of the deluge and claim that quote, it extended only to the principal centre of humanity to those who remained near its primitive cradle without reaching the scattered tribes who had already spread themselves far away in almost desert regions it is certain that the bible narrative commences by relating facts common to the whole human species confining itself subsequently to the annals of the race peculiarly chosen by the designs of providence End quote. lenormand and chevalier ancient history of the east page forty four this theory is supported by that eminent authority on anthropology m de quatrefage as well as by cuvier the rev r p bellink s j admits that it has nothing expressly opposed to orthodoxy plato identifies quote, the great deluge of all end quote, 
with the destruction of Atlantis. The priest of Sais told Solon that before, quote, the great deluge of all, end quote, Athens possessed a noble race, who performed many noble deeds, the last and greatest of which was resisting the attempts of Atlantis to subjugate them. And after this came the destruction of Atlantis, and the great convulsion which overwhelmed that island destroyed a number of the Greeks, so that the Egyptians, who possessed the memory of many partial deluges, regarded this as, quote, the great deluge of all, end quote. End of part two, chapter one. End of section eight.